everybody. Welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black one episode at a time. I am joined today by my white friend, Paige. Hey, Paige. Hello. How are you feeling today on a scale of zero to black? On a scale of zero to black, we made biscuits from one of those foil pop cans today. And I'd say that that's pretty white. (laughs) Yeah, but tasty. So very good for tasty. you. <laughs> and on a scale of zero to African American, how are you feeling today, Crystal? I'm feeling like a broken bottle of OE. Um. Ooh, okay. <laughs> nice. Well done. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, um, so a little bit on the struggle bus, but I'm pushing through. <laughs> I had my vitamin B12, which uh, I'm trying to like see if gluten is the reason that I'm not, that I'm tired all the time. And then my boyfriend pointed out that uh, there's gluten in this B12 vitamin that you're taking. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. See, anytime I do that, I'm like, I wonder if that's why I'm tired all the time. My husband's like, no, it's because you're up until two in the morning watching movies and making podcasts. And I'm like, oh. Can't be it. That can't be it. No. What are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> and I am really glad to uh, have our guest on today. He's a very hilarious stand-up comedian. Um, you've heard his voice on video games. He was on a Barbershop the Series. You guys, welcome Dan White. Thank you. Yay. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? What's up, y'all? How are you feeling today on a scale of zero to black? On a scale of zero to black, I feel like uh, I feel like some some links. And grits uh, on, on a stove uh, with, cheese, with cheese, eggs, and grits next to Oof. it with no sugar in the grits because that's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cook it my black car revoked. The truth is, I actually like both ways. I I I love I love salty, cheesy grits, but I also could do a sugary grit from time to time. Now, I'm not going to say that sugary grits are better than cheesy grits, but I could go both ways. I, I, I appreciate your versatility. You know? <laughs> I, I feel like that's a and your you honesty. And <laughs> no, here's my here's my thing though. If I'm gonna have if I'm gonna have sugar in my grits, I might as well just have cream of wheat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but if you don't have cream of wheat available, like I feel like why not? You know, I'm not going to mix it with some eggs, you know, and bacon. That's trash. But like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's own separate thing, you know, not touching. Um. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you like, yeah, I don't like, I don't like the juice from one, one. I like, like greens or something like that. But the greens yeah. to touch my cornbread, I like, yeah, it's tough. I don't, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I have to eat yeah. things in sections sometimes that are like all usually put on one plate, like Especially if, yeah, I won't do it. I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> you have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I know it's all going to the same place, but like my tongue doesn't feel that way. Um. Yeah. No, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and what are we, what are you going to talk to us today about? Uh, we're going to discuss uh, Minister Society. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Discuss New Line Cinema film. That yeah. Was a flat, flashpoint in in uh, in our, our culture. So we'll, we'll wrap on that today. The very 1993 film. It's yes. So 90s. It's like yeah. It's like dripping with 90s. It is. Um, it is. 
<laughs> so this this movie, um, I want to know like what like what is everybody's first knowledge of this movie? Um, yeah, Dan, when did you first become aware of it, and how did you first even see it? Uh, I, I first became aware of it uh, as with most films uh, through the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so the, the movie was out in the summer of '93. It was like my tenth grade summer, and um, yeah, I, I was, I was at a, I was at, at like a, like a convention, and um, the, the kids all hung out, and everybody was playing the Minnesota Society soundtrack. So mm-hmm. that was that was where I first, that's where I first heard about it and everything, and then I saw it like right at the end of the summer. And I'll have to say, like, the the soundtrack, so, the and I was actually hoping that there were going to be more songs that were in the movie on the soundtrack. Um, right. The soundtrack, yeah, like, it seems like the soundtrack is really good, but the soundtrack is a lot of songs that, um, well, the, I mean, it's a lot of old school songs in the movie. And I was like, oh, I just want this playlist. Right, Like, right, it's right, so right. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. The title track. Straight up menace was was it, it basically it, it, so you know the song so it basically at the beginning of the song MC Ed is like wake your punk ass up so like it had all of us be impressed that we had slumber parties to wake up first so we could yell that to everybody else in the group <laughs> to yell to yell what I missed it wake your no, punk the, ass up oh beginning of the song wake your punk ass up. MC8 and that. So, like, we'd be pressed to wake up first just so we could yell at everybody else. <laughs> wow, look at hip hop getting making everybody the early bird. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. so funny. So, you were in so, 10th grade when you first saw it, like, around that time. Yeah, well, it was like, yeah, it was the beginning of 11th grade. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And and Paige, what about you? When were you first aware of this movie? So a couple years ago, I did a deep dive to try and figure out who killed Tupac. And this movie <laughs> came up because originally Tupac was cast and then went on to assault the director. Uh, and that's why he ended up in prison for a little while. So uh, that's how I kind of learned about this movie. That was my first introduction. Yeah, the role of uh, the role Lorenz Tate played, the old dog, was originally Tupac. Oh well, fun fun fact. Uh, they originally tried to cast Tupac as Sharif, and he didn't want to do it because he didn't believe a gangster could be Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> and and How then yes, and and then the like the the compromise was the, so he really wanted to play O Dog, and he and the director got in a fight over why he had made Sharif Muslim in the story and that allegedly sparked the fight between them that would cause Tupac to later assault him. How interesting. So yeah, there were two wild. directors of this movie. So which one was it? Because there's it's Alan and Albert Hughes. Hughes. Uh yes, I believe, and I'm double checking to make sure I don't get this wrong. I believe it's Alan. Uh, yeah, it was. They were later fired by Alan Hughes. Yeah, it was Alan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it was six months after he got fired. So he got fired and six months later, assaulted Alan Hughes. And that is why Shakur was found guilty of assault and battery and did go to prison for a time. Okay. 
yeah. where, where mm-hmm. he where he met where he met cats that had converted and then realized that gangsters could in fact be Muslim. <laughs> That's, that is absolutely true. Yes, <laughs> that is accurate. Yes. Wow. Cause yeah. No, because mm-hmm. then, then, but because by the time he sings, I ain't mad at you. That's a literal. That's he literally says it. Oh, you a Muslim now? Like he literally says. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just I don't know. Like I I the, I, I understand somebody turning down a movie because of a bad script. I mean, mm-hmm. but just to legitimately say that this is a stretch. I mean, it's a, I don't know. Like there's been so many movies that I'm like. The, it's been a stretch, but it worked. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, and I, I think for me, like, I feel like this is, you know, again, one of those movies that I'm like, I've heard the name tossed around, like it's come up on like, you know, like whatever black cinema, like a BET or whatever. But, you know, I was very, I was, I'd never have older brothers or sisters. So, um, and my parents, I'm sure, like they were watching a lot of black movies, but I don't know. Maybe they did see this one, but they sure didn't show it to me. So <laughs> I, I, I missed, I missed Menace to Society, but I did watch it. I just watched it. So um, I, yeah, like I want to know, like, what were your overall thoughts when you first saw this movie? Like. Did like were you immediately like this is my new favorite movie or did it grow on you? So you know I, I grew up in the suburbs, so yeah, you know like <laughs> it, it's hard to keep your ear to the streets from the suburbs. You know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from our jacuzzis, <laughs> it's hard to keep. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't say all. I didn't say it was all that, but I'm just saying like <laughs> I definitely was removed from this environment. I'll just say that, and uh, mm. so. Boys in the Hood was was a lot of everybody's first idea of what the hood was. And then Menace was a lot of people's second. So, you know, uh, practically, you know, first, Sam Sam Jackson shoots up old boy at the beginning. And then, um, you know, you, you, you get a false sense of security and then your boy gets jacked and, and shot at the stoplight. So I'm like, wow, it's really mean in those streets out there. That, that was my first. <laughs> yeah. Thing. That was my first thing. I was like, damn. I'm like, they, 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 you can't even go to Jack in the Box in LA. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean that so that was I was like, damn, I'm like, everybody everybody's getting their ass killed in this movie. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like this is mm-hmm. so that was that was like, you know, and obviously you understand it, it's 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 cinema, but uh I had no idea about any of that. And that you know, they you heard because uh, it was it was also an album uh out at the same time. That this that the Minister Society soundtrack and film was out. It was like the Crips and Bloods album. Uh, so we were listening to all that. And like, man, that's what that's like. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, that, that was my that was my first impression. My first impression, I was like, really like, yeah, I would get into movies. So when, when, when people get killed, I'm like, I was like, I feared for them. You know, I, I was into it and, and, and involved with the characters. Um, mm-hmm. Then after about the fifth time we watched it. Uh, it was just hilarious, and we watched it because it was <laughs> like I mean, you know, break yourself full, and and all those, all of those, the, like all, a lot of the lines and things from the movie. Um, you know, the Hughes brothers completely ruined the name Chauncey. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. Trying to picture somebody hardcore but also named Chauncey. 
troubling for me. <laughs> right. Well, that's why that's why everybody had the street names because their name would be, be Chauncey and Eugene and shit. So I mean, no offense to anybody. <laughs> 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 <You know. laughs> yeah. You know, my my name my name was almost Malik. Oh really? It was it was between Malik and Dan. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we were we were opposite sides of the spectrum. You know. What I'm how do they decide? How do they decide not to do Malik? Well, my dad's name is Dan White. Oh, okay. I have I have a middle name, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was in, in you know in the late seventies and um, you know the the, the more Afrocentric names were, were a lot were popular. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. My brother's yeah. name's my my brother's name Jamal. Oh, okay. So we got one. That, yeah, there's a street <laughs> name. <laughs> um, yeah, I. So I'm just curious because th- this is something that I I think maybe my parents feared and like they passed it down to me. But like any portrayals of like any negative portrayals of black people were really concerning, and while this like has, if maybe feels more, it feels really narrative based. And at times it, it it feels a little bit like a documentary. Um, and like you were saying, like growing up in the suburbs, it's like, this is kind of your, you know, some of your first ideas about what it's like to be in the hood. Like, yeah. how did you feel as a black person knowing that, you know, other people who are not black are going to see this? And what they're gonna think? Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a great question, uh, Crystal. You know, the, um, you know, I, I, that I was because I was what 14, 15, 15, um, and just just read the autobiography of Malcolm X at the time, and and and, and we just studied like fences, and uh, like um, I was starting to understand the idea of representation of our community you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and certainly like so it's, it's representation of our community on a, on a larger scale and, and to uh, quote unquote mainstream america um it, it certainly had it certainly had a lot of negative images and everything um but you know john singleton at the time was saying hey you know this story needs to be told because this community is is uh, in, in many ways marginalized um mm-hmm. and so this is this is lending this is lending a voice it's telling these stories and I, and I think nwa uh said something along those same lines so i you know uh, i i understand i understood how it could be perceived negatively i mean after all like cosby show uh the Cosby Show, Bill Cosby, and them, they, they went out of their way to have the family play Pinochle instead of spades on camera. Mm, they ate grilled vegetables and, mm-hmm. and, you know, tilapia and never any of the, you know, traditional um, foods we were talking about earlier. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, there's, there's certainly a space. There's, I feel I, I, I wasn't offended per se. Uh, because I felt like the story needed to be told. Uh, yeah. Now, when you got into when you get into um, you know that WB lineup a couple years later, where you had homeboys in outer space and, and that type of shit, that <laughs> that got on my nerves. But mm-hmm. um, I wasn't offended by it. Man. Yeah, I agree. I feel like sometimes this feels like a 
And I know one of the criticisms at the time is that people called it cliche. Like they were like, oh, you're just using these stereotypes. But the reality is some of that was happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times when we look at like stereotypes for these types of movies, I think a lot of them come from this movie. And I think this movie is based in reality, which in some at some points makes it really tough to watch personally, where you're like, these are teenagers like these are these are kids and that made it kind of difficult for me for sure mm-hmm. and, and especially and Grace, excellent point especially the first scene uh yeah with, with the uh because you had uh this this was i want to say not even a year prior to the release of this film you had um latasha uh and her name her last name slips my mind but the 15 year old uh kid who was accused of stealing an orange juice um, and it was not proven or anything, but the, the Korean uh, store owner shot her in her head from behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, you know, this scene, uh, the first, you know, scene of the film, you know, I remember watching that and wondering if they were going to, I, you know, I was wondering if they were, the kids were going to get shot because, you know, that's what it, you know, it just happened in, in real life. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we were kind of talking about this earlier um, uh, before we started the pod, uh, me and Paige. The thing is, is I think that black people several times, like it's a thing that continues to happen every generation where a, a certain part of the population realizes that there's no amount of wearing the right things, you know, acting the right way, like talking the right way that will make certain groups respect you. Like there's certain groups of people that like somehow they've achieved success and they want to, they kind of condescendingly look at other parts of black population say, well, if you just do this, if you just do that, then you would get X, Y, and Z. Then you would get this kind of respect. And I think like, you know, my, even my parents kind of went through this, especially my mom, where it's just like you work and you work and you work to try to gain that respect. And then you realize like you just are never going to get it. And so better to be who you are than like, you know, and or just, you know what I mean? Like why try to hide all these parts that are the parts that are bad, the parts that are good? Like why hide it if they're going to not respect you anyway? Like us to not telling this story doesn't make white people respect us more. Right. You know, and I think that's the realization that like generations have to like they come to like in cycles over and over like oh they're they're still gonna kill us they're still gonna you know put people in jail it's it's not this movie that's gonna make it worse yeah it's already bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i agree telling the story is really important and i'll say i like i actually like the way that they told so i wasn't i was surprised i was telling Paige i was surprised that this movie was more it was less training day and more Forrest Gump, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's more narrative. Like he's he and right. he narrates it. You know, he's telling the story. I mean, it's a it's a dark story, but it's he's he's just narrating a life lived, right? Yeah, and that is the action of the story. No, I, I I agree with you. I d- I did think it was interesting the way that it was structured kind of more the way that a life would be and not a perfect story arc narrative, but just kind of the way that you would experience a life of like, this happens, this happens, this happens. Yeah, I love the flashbacks too. Yeah, Cause th- this was, this was 
this was before Pulp Fiction. Uh, right. And so, yeah, we, we, we're starting at this point to see Sam as the focal point. Um, so that was really, that was really cool, dude. So here's my question. Um, I guess I want to know, well, first what I'm going to do is I'm going to share you some of my favorite lines from the movie that I'm yes. going to take with me and remember forever. <laughs> oh, you can, there are quite a few. And then, and, and then, and then I want you to share me all of yours because I, you know, this, this podcast is black card rehab. It's mainly my black card that's being rehabbed. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, you know, like I've watched a movie once, um, I'm going to, I'm going to share the, the quotes that stood out to me. Um, so, uh, top of that list is, Bitch, fuck the forms. Um. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like. I don't want to ever have a reason to say that to somebody, but like, I just want to go into a nurse's office and say, "Bitch, fuck the forms." Like, I just, <laughs> I just want to just start, like, just pick a different one each day. Just pick a different doctor's office and be like, uh, "You need to fill this out." Bitch, fuck the forms. You know. <laughs> oh, you are wild. Um, also, uh, I said a double. I said a double burger with cheese. Um, uh, that was wonderful. Um, <laughs> and also, just this, the name Willie Lump Lump. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think we all wondered who Willie Lump Lump was. Yeah, and then it really seemed like in the next second he was going to explain it, and then it that nope. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. So what are what are your favorite lines? I wanna I and I need to, you know, know so that next time I'm like around a bunch of black people and then a line gets said, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna know exactly, you know. <laughs> wow. Um well you know, I, I appreciate you you trusting me with uh, this, <laughs> this responsibility. Well, I got a few. Okay, we'll we'll just start. Um the the, the joy um, that, that the passion that Bill Duke had for his job is something we should all strive for uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the interrogation scene. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so he you, kept saying, you, you fucked up that. You, right. you know you fucked up, right? You know so, you yeah, fucked up. Is, you know you're done fucked up. Yeah. No <laughs> you know you're done fucked up. Yeah. yeah so, 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 no, so, you, so you see now. You, you know you're fucked up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, you know, you don't fuck up. Before you said you bought the bottle, yeah. So that that was that was fun. Um, break yourself, fool. Always has, has, has indeed been. It remind me where that came up. I mean, I remember them saying that. So, when, when did that? So come? when when they were getting carjacked, the, the car rolled up. Break yourself, fool. You remember uh-huh. that? Yeah, yes, so. exactly. Can I and ask then, you a really crazy question? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, well, again, <laughs> again, again, again I, I had my ear to the streets from the suburbs. So no one actually, no one actually said this to me. But um, if if we look at if we look at the etymology. Uh, <laughs> break your uh, break yourself like like when you don't have anything you're broke right mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. you are, in fact, giving away your, oh. your, val- your valuables. Uh, oh. In effect, and if, if we can if we can refer to uh, uh, Warren G's freshman effort, uh, regulate. Uh-huh. Where he says, "I'm getting jacked. I'm breaking myself." Oh. Yeah. Wow. And oh then, my God, that makes so much sense. And then if you watch Friday, Chris Tucker's first line, he jumps, he busts in his window and says, break yourself, fool. Okay. He busts wow. in the huge window. I mean, yeah. the, the I feel, <laughs> I, I feel the, what, what privilege at having never had that said to me. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I should, I'd rather not, have that said to me. I, I don't want yeah. I don't want to break myself. I'm I'm yeah, I'm good. I, I'd rather not. So. <laughs> I'd rather retain my valuables. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> um what else? What else? Um again, again, uh, you know, I can't I can't say all this, but I, I, I never heard the name Chauncey the same. Uh, <laughs> When he said, who over there? And he said, me, Wax, Lulo, Net, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Chauncey. And I, 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 I can't say those words right now, but yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. And that, um, yeah. So, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, though? If you, yeah, if you, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, the name Chauncey has, has, has never had the same ring. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to come back from it. I used to fuck around, mess around with my friend and be like, uh, Wait, can I, can I cuss? I can't cuss. Now. Yeah, you can. I just I know you have a child nearby, but yes, you can on well, this one. No, she, she's she's okay. not she's not in the room. I, I, okay, I, okay, I, okay. So, so, so when 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 your man when Charles S. Dutton is giving him the uh, the, the black the black man uh, endangered species speech, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at the like he got he got real serious and he was like, "The hunt is on, and you're the prey." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that also became a fun game uh amongst me and my friends like to to like just jump out of nowhere and yell that in somebody's face and try to startle them uh, <laughs> that's also that's also that's also a game we played uh man uh what else i'm trying like <laughs> so many jewels in this film uh so I personally, that, huh? I liked that they liked Steven Seagal, where they were like, that's who I want to be like. It's going to be larger than Steven Seagal. I was like, really? Yeah, and then yeah. at, at one point, he says, first I get shot, then you're going to drive me home. Somebody must want me to die. Oh, implying, yeah. <laughs> implying that the car ride would kill him. Uh, yeah. I appreciated that, that very was much good. as well. And, as yeah, and this is dead. also Jada Pinkett's is this her first on-screen entanglement? Um, <laughs> what a was, wonderful I, I was, choice of words! <laughs> I was not, I, y'all. I was not gonna. I was not gonna go there. But is it? It is a trip because it's like she's got a dude. He may be in jail mm. for life, but she's got a dude. Mm-hmm. But then she hooks up with this younger man, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow!" I said the writing was on the wall. <laughs> I'm like, who knew? And, and and shout out to those honeycombs she had in her braids too. Yeah. That was, it, was, it was a bold. Yes, bold statement. this this was a very braid heavy movie. Um. 
stories were a character in themselves. You know? Yes. <laughs> I literally wrote down like halfway through the movie, just braids in all caps with five exclamation points. <laughs> but I mean, I get like, I remember like that's the time, like we all had braids. I think there was only one black woman in this movie. No, two black women in this movie that didn't have braids. It was like the grandma and then um, the one girl that he like basically lost his life over because he got her pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the, the grandma and the grandpa, like, um, they, you saw them a lot as grandma and grandpa, because uh, they were both, they were all also parents in Five Heartbeats as well. Oh, was that was right. them. That was yeah. them. I was wondering where I had seen them before. Well, and also, yeah. I not the so, pastor parents in Black, in uh, Five Heartbeats. Five Heartbeats. This, uh, so this... The grandfather, the grandfather was uh, Duck and and JT's dad. Mm-hmm. Okay, was, okay, okay. Because he was like, "Put a hat on your willy." Like, yes, yeah. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the gra- the grandmother was Choir Boy's mom. Okay, and she's also in yes. Black Dynamite. That's yes. where we've seen her. Yes, she's in Black Dynamite. <laughs> yes, she's Black Dynamite's aunt. She's the best character. She calls Black Dynamite. I thought I done told you to get your brother Jimmy off drugs. Yes. Oh snap! I, that's wow. Because I mean, she was she was playing. Wow. Because that was like twenty years later. That's something. I, that's that's yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. She's been in conservatively half the movies we have covered on this show. Yeah. Her and that's Angela crazy. Bassett. We stand yeah. them very wow. hard. Wow. Now here's another here's another here's another thing that was a trip to me. Uh, this movie, so Candy Alexander, uh, who was Kane's mom in this movie, mm-hmm. was also Wesley Snipes' mom in Sugar Hill. And what? at the beginning, at the beginning of both movies, she ODs on Harold. Oh shit! <laughs> Typecasting. I it's a bitch. I don't like. I don't like. Yo, shit. This is a back to back situation, right? Now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I, that was that was a trip. So I like. I, I could talk about this movie. Like I, the uh, another line. The dude right before Sam Jackson shot him twelve times. He said, I told you I ain't have your money yet. What the fuck you is, motherfucking Ron O'Neill or somebody? Now, <laughs> here's, here's what was funny about that. I, I, I had my, one of my Caucasian friends uh, wanted to tell me that he said Ryan O'Neill. Oh, like the movie star? Yes. Okay. Ron O'Neill, Ron O'Neill was also a movie star, just of a different genre. He, he was the yeah. original. He was super fly. Oh, so then Ron yeah, it's O'Neal. clearly Ron O'Neill. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So, so he's like, no, he said Ryan O'Neill. I'm like, I'm like, dude, he's talking about. He talking fun. about Paper so had- Moon. Yeah. <laughs> Paige, thank you because I could not name a one off the top of my head. Thank you for that. But, You're welcome. You talking about Mia Farrow instead? No. So yeah, that was, yeah. So that was that. Uh, we all were pressed to uh, slowly bob our heads and poke our lips out and throw our fists in the air when Computer Love came on. So that's when he got his ride and he's driving. You have to really, you have to really have seen the movie like a uh, hundred times to have noticed this this portion portion of it. But when he's going going to the barbecue after he just stole the guy's rims, mm-hmm. he rolls in listening to Computer Love. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Which which is which is it harkens back to your your earlier. Uh, comment crystal that 
this this movie had uh, introduced me to a lot of songs actually, or reminded me of them. Uh, you know, in the beginning of the movie, uh, Marvin Gaye's "Got to Give It Up" is playing. Uh, yeah, only the strong only the strong survive. Uh, later, "Computer Love," like there's R. Kelly's whole first album plays when they're in the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Classic and, barbecue uh, soundtrack, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was something. Yeah, I. Um, so it was. It was interesting. I did think about like you know um, the flashiness of like the cars and, um, but like the, the you know the style was really understated. Like clothing wise, you know, it, I would say fashion wise, like this not a movie for fashion. Is a movie if you're into cars, you know. Um, uh, into like realism, um, you know, because we watched other movies where it's just like fashion is on display, but it definitely, right. I'm like, this is very 90s. This is very like, um, so I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask, like, you know, have you watched this movie recently? Yeah, I watched it. Um, it, it, it got on Netflix. It came on Netflix mm-hmm. about yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a couple of months ago. So I watched it when it came on Netflix, and then when we uh, when we had this conversation about the podcast, I watched it again. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the like this side of? I mean, like watching it recently. Do you still feel the same way, or do you have like new like? Because I, okay, I mean, I'm going to read a tweet. Somebody tweeted this. They said, um, <laughs> somebody said, I watched Menace to Society the other day, and I was like, why was I so calm about all this violence as a child? And as an adult watching, I was like, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is very violent, but, you know, yeah. I watched it so many times. Mm -hmm. Like, like it was like, in those years, it was like, we watched the summer of 1992, we watched Boys in the Hood over and over and over again. Summer of 1993 slash... 94 school year we watched menace over and over again it was like i was in a dorm at the time and uh it was always on in somebody's room at mm-hmm. all times yeah. so i saw i saw it so much that i just got desensitized to it mm-hmm. uh like if you like you've seen what's love got to do with it right we just yes. recently we watched just it, watched yes. it oh, okay now it, it is really messed up and i, I, I yeah I, and that one was hard yeah it was yes it was, that was hard yeah, there's a lot of rough scenes. Yeah. Really rough scenes. But did you not find yourself laughing at Ike Turner's like stuff you'd be saying at some point? Like, and his haircuts. We, we watched it so yeah, I can so many times. Go ahead. I get. I know what you're saying. You don't. You don't have to. I mean, look. I I get what it means to, especially if you grew up. You know, like there's some people who just grew up and like this is their this is a life that they they live, and they're also telling a real story. And as black people, like black people are known for, you know, like you take tragedy and you make it funny. You know, right. so right. yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I'm not at all, not at all, and I reiterate, not at all making light of, of the actual material, but I was just sure. like, um, I, yes, there, there was certainly, I remember the first time I saw it, it I actually um, almost had some fear coming out of the theater, like, wow, is mm. this what the world is like? Yeah. Um, but that, that turned into, after we watched it so many times, it's it, like, we were laughing and stuff, which is probably bad, but. 
as but <laughs> at, like you know at, as an adult obviously um you know you you understand you understand the gravity of of what was going on um, yeah and and to see uh you know, Ice Cube had a song on his death certificate album that I still, you know, I, I still listen to, like on my run playlist, uh, called DOA, and uh, it talks about how when black people would get shot, they would sit there and be in the emergency room for hours, mm-hmm. and they would end up dying not because it wasn't a treatable situation, but because they bled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, because they and, didn't and, fuck the forms, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah. But in, in, in this song, in this song, he, uh, he talks about how they're questioning him about his gang affiliation, and they have him handcuffed to his hospital bed um, mm-hmm. instead of letting him get medical care. At the end of the song, he dies. Uh, right. Yeah. So I mean, you know, with everything going on today, and, and uh, uh, is it Jacob Blake? The guy in yep. Kenosha, uh, yep. mm-hmm. they talk about him being paralyzed yet handcuffed to damn bed. You know, it it makes you think about how you know and wonder how much things, how much have things changed. You know, I, yeah. John, Johnny Cochran, in, in effect, got the chokehold banned um, in the early nineties, uh, and so the chokehold has been illegal. But you know, how many times have we seen? How many of these deaths have we seen? Mm-hmm. Um, as a result of uh, not being able to breathe, Eric Garner being the, the, the you know probably most prominent example of that. But it's happened so many times, and you hear about it. Um, and then you know with the situation with George Floyd. Um, so you know it when I when I look at it just as an adult and look at how this this story has been told for a long time, police brutality. Um, you know I. The, the, the situation with them getting put on the hood of the car, um, mm-hmm. which was on Boys in the Hood as well, they also got put on the hood of the car. Uh, you know, my 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 dad. Uh, I, I last time I saw my dad really angry uh, was when we were I I was home with some friends, and uh, my dad was telling a story about how he was home on break from Princeton and uh, LAPD pulled him over and put him on the car, put the gun to his head, went through his stuff, found his Princeton ID, uh, you know, said, called him N-word and said, said, have a nice day, nigger, basically, and, and that. Once he found out he was a student at Princeton. And so our friend Andy, uh, he's like, oh, that never, oh, that never happened. And my what? dad, like, I, like, it, but it's it, it's this it's this. If I haven't seen it, and it hasn't affected me directly, mentality that some people have. Um, Was know. this a black person that said it? No. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> of course not. I was like the, in, <laughs> mentality that some people have. Um, <laughs> well, I, well yeah. I, I, but I wasn't I wasn't referring to I wasn't referring to white people when I said that. I was I was you know I. I was referring specifically. I was referring to people who didn't believe police brutality existed or racism existed until they saw it on camera. Mm-hmm. Now, there's probably some overlap with that community that you just discussed, uh, and 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 this mentality. Uh, but 
that I was just I was just saying that to say like um, looking at how things are now and then looking at what we were looking at what what was depicted in that film makes me you know it it, it, it is not a heartening situation you know I yeah. know we're, we're talking about the, the comedy and everything like that but you know when you ask me what is it like to see it as an adult um, you know if I'm looking at it from a, a mature you know parent standpoint um, it's it's scary. It's scary because we're still we're still seeing that, you know. Actually, we probably should just do the rating. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we should do the rating uh, where we do uh, we rate the movie out of five hair picks. So <laughs> yeah, what do you give this movie, Dan, out of five hair picks? Four. Okay, you want to qualify that with anything? So I, again, we, we, this movie is uh, it, it it put Lorenz Tate on the map. Yeah. Uh, this movie, in many ways, put Sam Jackson on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave us it gave us quotables that we're still quoting today. You know, it it, it gave us a lot of it gave us a lot of uh, folks that we st- staples of black cinema, like Clifton Powell, who played Chauncey and he played the manager in Ray and uh, all this. So I, I mean, it was just this movie was just a gift, and and then on, and then on top of it, 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 it again showed. Uh, was one of the first depictions of of life as it was for certain people at the time, um, and I, I think it was a very important film. So yeah. yes, that's that's why I give it four. Awesome, Paige. I'm gonna go like three point five, just because mm-hmm. I think it would be difficult for me to watch this again with the level of violence, um, which usually does not bother me all that much, but I think it's because it was kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> that said, great soundtrack, very quotable, and, I mean, definitely a historically important film, I would say. Yeah, I would say I'm probably a 3.5 as well, a story that needs to be told. I could have used more development of some of the female characters, but um, I was glad to see Jada Pinkett in her first on-screen entanglement. (laughs) Um, You know, she had a complicated character and I felt like she acted it really well. Um, So was glad that there was, you know, some balance because it was very dude heavy. This movie is a very male heavy movie, but... I mean, that's the story that they were telling. So that's fine. It's just, for me, I just kind of like to see um, more female characters in the movies that I watch, but super quotable. Oh, also, I I should say, just to be fair, um, yeah, Lorenz Tate was excellent. The main character's acting, not that great. (laughs) (laughs) And yet it didn't drag the movie down. I I didn't think so. Um, But yeah, acting-wise, like... um, it, he, I don't, I don't know if he got very many roles after this. After you know, but um, next to none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was, I, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say that. That's that's another thing that 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 uh, you asked me. I, I just want to add this really fast. Yeah. What was the difference seeing it now and seeing it then? I, I went to drama school and studied acting for a long yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was some. Yeah, yeah. Now, one in one in particular. If you watch, whenever like there's a couple of scenes where, um, they, I don't know if there's a school of acting for brothers driving a car, <laughs> but I, I feel like I feel like MCA missed out on that. Like I don't I don't know anybody who bobs and weaves like that when they drive. It seemed like that would make yeah. you lose course and crap. <laughs> <laughs> that was 
When you watch, watch him looking for those dudes. Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, mm, yeah, yeah. So, you know, with with that in mind, I may have to come back down to three point five myself. Which, if you look in the source, if, if you remember, Source Magazine had five mics. I think three and a half was dope, or at least worth checking out. So I okay, like, I feel like that's where we are. Yeah. I love it. I love that. And uh, who, whoever, I think, I think um, if uh, Hollywood Shuffle, if in in the the acting school for Negroes or whatever oh, that school yes. is, they yes. do yes. need a school of driving for. They yes. do need a school of driving for brothers. <laughs> <laughs> right. That should be like one a part of one hundred and one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Um, along with Epic Slave. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Can you tell people where they could find you? Sure. Um, my IG handle is at that Dan White. At that Dan White. Thanks for ha- thanks for having me. This is yeah. So I miss you guys. Yeah. I miss hitting the stages with you guys. But this is this, this, this is a wonderful thing in between. You know, this is great. Um, yeah. Paige, what you what do you got coming up, Paige? Uh, let's see. So I've got all the podcasts this week, and then Halloween night, cult podcast and horror virgin are doing a double feature virtual live show. Nice. Woo! Oh, you can cool. find info about it on cultpodcastshow.com. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. And you um, I guess I'll plug my newsletter. Um, I uh I will be headed out of the country soon, so um, if you want to stay up uh, on what I'm doing, what I'm doing, what are, where I'm going, you can sign up on my newsletter. Go to my website, crystaladams.com, and um, there's a box that you can just fill out your your email address. I don't spam you. In fact, I probably will forget about you. So don't no don't worry. <laughs> don't um, figure that important. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be black next time. <laughs>